I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the RSL Show. This is Andy Munoz. I'm joined today by Joshua Clark. What's up, Josh? What's up, everybody? Josh has COVID, so we had to cancel on El Show Real. Um, those guys, they weren't upset, but I could tell they were a little bummed. Uh, we're going to reschedule. We're going to do an episode with them. And apparently, uh, Cheeky really, really wants to come on to the RSL Show. Um, so we have to coordinate around his schedule to make that happen. How do you feel about that, Josh? Uh, if Cheeky's going to be there, I might have COVID forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Just kidding, che- Cheeky. Just kidding. Yeah, no, Cheeky's a good dude. Um, the guys at El Show Real do a really good job. But like I mentioned, we had to cancel because Josh contracted COVID uh, for the first time since the pandemic. And uh, you look great. I could see you on video. You look good. Yeah, I just have like a fever and body aches. Other than that, I'm fine. How's your appetite? I'm still a fat kid. Yeah. Well, dude, when I when I had COVID, I I dropped like 30 pounds in two weeks. Oh, I wish, dude. I wish I was losing weight and like lost my taste buds. I would be so pumped on those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, no, no. It. <laughs> when I had it, it was it was pretty crazy, but. Um, yeah, anyways, the, the weight's all back, so it was all for nothing. Okay, let's talk about Real Salt Lake. You know my feelings towards the last match, Josh. Um, I I feel like I was pretty vocal in the text group, but also kind of vocal on Twitter for my personal account. Uh, barely skirting by with a win. Uh, I'm not impressed. I'm really happy for Brody. Brody, great guy, good dude. Before becoming a professional uh, and getting older and seeing all of his friends go on to uh, make the RSL roster, the dude had to make a decision. And at even at one point, doing Uber on the side, which is crazy to me uh, when you're a, you know, not quite a professional athlete, but you're kind of on that route to maybe have to feel like you have to go and, you know, do Ubers. Uh, so anyways, you know, developing, working hard, seeing his team or seeing his teammates, yeah, his friends. Uh, get professional contracts. He finally gets one with RSL, uh, has been putting in the work. We've said it many times on this podcast, how we feel about Brody. There's been negative moments. There's been positive moments. And I'm really happy for him getting the second goal and you know seeing his reaction and uh, seeing that whole uh, you know process of scoring a goal and everything coming together and feeling like you're accomplished, which 
you know, he is. I'm not taking any way, anything away from that. But what a, what a crappy way to win. I'm just not happy with the product that I'm seeing on the field. And maybe I'm being too critical. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm definitely frustrated a little bit as an RSL fan. And it's weird to be frustrated because our record is okay. So anyways, that's my rant. Uh, Josh, I'll let you kind of take over and you tell me, uh, is it warranted to feel this way? Um, not being happy that we go 2-1 with a goal off of a defender and not seeing, you know, more from our attackers. Well, I was going to ask, is is your frustration more with the lack of attack or with it took us a red card and, and some lucky moments to score two goals? It's all of the above. It's the lack of attack. It's the fact that Austin FC goes down a man uh, and we are getting lucky. It's... You know, my frustration set in the first half when we see maybe Bobby Wood involved with three plays and nothing comes from those three plays. Um, if anything, like, you know, we, we have perfect video of it, right? He plays a short ball to Michael Chang and it's just a heavy touch and it just rolls out of bounds. It's it's little things like that that are just kind of building up where I, I am not confident that Real Salt Lake can go up a t- up against a tougher opponent and and pull a result. And it was really lucky versus Austin FC. Austin FC went on to beat LAFC in Bank of California. And and um, are number one in the West. So yeah, they're probably yeah. the toughest opponent at the moment. I, I, I don't know. I I'm just I'm not celebrating this win. And I, I hate to be that that contrary person because I like to celebrate the club and I like to celebrate the wins and I like to root for the under like the underdogs so i'm just conflicted man i i don't know why i'm feeling this way uh but it's it's been tough it was really tough to watch that match in fact i left after the first half and i'm glad that things rolled out the way that they did but when i left at the half uh i was frustrated and then just to clarify guys i was i was working and i had the option to stay till you know the the entire match but after not seeing any creativity and you know, the lack of attack, like you said earlier, it was just tough to stick around. Yeah, I get that. And and I, I see where you're coming from. We we obviously, you know, are playing a very boring style, it seems. And and I don't think it's intended to be that way. I think it's just kind of a, a happenstance of, of the circumstances, you know, the injuries, blah, blah, blah. All, all of those things that, uh, you know, we've we've heard over and over again since preseason, really. Um, and I do think those will change. I, I think the biggest thing right now is, you know, we really missed Amir. That's a huge one. Um, and a and a, a playmaker to connect the defense and, you know, Caldwell, Everton to the rest of the attack is, is an absolute must this summer. I know we were all fine with Albert leaving, and I still am. I'm not going back on that. But not having someone to kind of fill his role at the moment is – Hasn't hurt us yet, but it's going to because, like you said, we have been getting lucky. Um, and I would agree, like, against most teams, if we go down a goal, I don't have a lot of faith in us coming back because I don't see us as, like, a a potent attacking team, so to speak, right? Like, you can play defense all day long and, and go for shutouts and 1-0 wins, but if you go down by a goal and that's like a you're doomed because you went down a goal, your defense didn't work out for one time, like, that's not a way to ride a season. Thanks for a long year. So help me understand, if I could have a more positive outlook on this match, and there's, I think there's, you know, for as, for as much of 
uh, frustration that I'm feeling. There's got to be positives to kind of you know counteract that way, right? That's always just my thinking. Like it could be worse, right? It could it could have been a lot worse against Austin FC. It's a two one result, three points at home. So prior to the first half, though, um, Cordova had a really good shot. Uh, you put it on frame. Goalkeeper barely just gets his little fingers on it. He's got like the spine gloves. You could tell because the ball just takes a deflection. Hey, see, I I enjoy the fact that that our defenders are taking just as many opportunities as our attackers. What worries me is that the defender's conversion rate is much higher than the attacker's, right? Basically, our attackers aren't finishing, and that's where I'm I'm stressed, right? Like, I think we're getting in the right positions when we do get in the attack most of the time, um, but there's, there's just something misfiring that, that hasn't, like, clicked. And I, I hope it clicks soon because, like, I, I'm not totally down like you are, right? Like... Yeah, Bobby didn't finish this game, but he still created chances and got himself in a lot of good positions. So I think once, you know, he can figure out how to score again and find some form, we'll be fine. Like, this is a little blip, I'm really hoping. And honestly, once Demir comes back or we get, you know, a true attacking midfielder, a lot of these questions will go away. And hell, maybe maybe Blitzer and Smith bring in, you know, a big-name striker and... A lot of problems are solved, but I'm not going to get my hopes up yet. I still got a lot of Deloitte energy around, so I believe it when <laughs> I see it. <clears throat> so, you know, just a few things that are highlighted here. So, you know, Real Salt Lake's key weakness is uh, finishing scoring chances. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of those. Uh, primarily, what we've seen a lot from fans online of Real Salt Lake. There's one common name that seems to pop up. And without me mentioning it, Josh, like who do you think I'm talking about? Like for the slander? I would say, yeah, mostly slander. <clears throat> Bobby Wood. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly, uh, exactly who I was thinking who comes to mind. You know, there's no doubts that he works hard and that he puts in the work and the training is there. But what do you think is just isn't clicking for him? Uh, who knows, man, but I don't think it's just Bobby. I think the not clicking is our entire attacking line, right? Like Miram hasn't really found the back of the net that often. I mean, Wood has more goals than Miram, right? Cordova is not firing. Rubin's barely playing. And when he's on the field, he's not much more dangerous, right? So it's, it's something going on with the attack in general. And I, and I don't want to just harp on Bobby Wood because I think it's a much bigger problem than just Bobby Wood not finishing. So looking at trends of the, let's just go like the past six matches. Uh, Real Salt Lake, and let's just look at the score lines. You know, back on March 12th, we beat New England 3-2. New England, you know, Supporter Shield winners from last season, I want to say. Was that last season? Yeah, it sounds right. Yep. It feels like a long time ago. Uh, we beat Nashville, SC, uh, 2-1. Nashville right now is on a tear, I think. Uh, I think like... I mean, they've got a really good record. Without looking at it, I know that they're one of the best teams uh, in the league right now, and yeah, especially and, especially at Geodas Park, like right? The, they, which they just beat us there, so they're yeah. they're doing well. Yeah, exactly. So two uh, one. Uh, let's see. We lose to Sporting KC one zero. Tie with Colorado one one. Uh, Real Salt Lake Toronto two two draw, and uh, and then New York City. 6-0, dude. Just got Oof. wailed on, if you remember Oof. that. Uh, we lose to Hailstorm 1-0. Uh, 
and then we go full time, zero zero up against Portland, which uh, Portland just put what seven, on seven Kansas goals. City. Yeah, seven goals on Kansas City. Who, um, Kansas City looks awful, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they are they're bad. so bad. I'm so happy about that. Me too. Uh, and then and then Chicharito comes to Rio Tinto. Uh, he is shut down, and it's one zero. Right. Right. Um, and then Nashville SC, Real Salt Lake. We we go away. You kind of call it that one two uh, zero. We lose. We lose there. Which right now in Nashville SC, Geodas Park. It's a, it's a fortress. Uh, and then yeah, Real Salt Lake. We come home. Austin FC two one. So what I'm just kind of seeing here, if I if I'm looking at it from a positive perspective, against some of the best teams in the league, uh, going back to, you know, from what New England did last year, Nashville, who is a, a crazy contender um, for I think even for Supporter Shield right now, uh, and then Portland, just you know, I think you know Portland is uh, is one of those. I mean, we can call them a rival. I, I think they're a legitimate rival. Absolutely. Um, if I have to look positive on this on the last six matches, we're doing pretty well. Exclude the New York City FC. I think that was just, man, uh, I don't even know what that was. If we wanted to blame the baseball field, we have a whole episode out on it. You know, I think we've got a decent chance to kind of continue with the same results and then obviously contend for, I, I know it's. I know we're, we're way ahead here, but... I can see this team making the playoffs, obviously. Yeah, especially if, you know, some some bigger summer signings come in to help us out, right? Yeah. We have we have the base for this squad, right? We look good at times and we look really bad at times and I think you know, we just really need those two three pieces to come in and just change the entire look of this squad and we'll be totally fine. Yeah, so let's look ahead uh on the schedule here. So we've got Montreal yeah, on away. Sunday, May twenty second, away. It's a loss. You think so? Montreal's a good team this year, bud. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got Real Salt Lake versus Houston Dynamo. That's a W. I hope. That always just it always just feels like it, it could it could go on you anyway. With right. with Houston Dynamo and FC Dallas, I just feel like those two teams they just blend together <laughs> for That's me. True. And it's just like, wait, did, didn't we just play these guys? And it's like, no, it's like it, that was FC Dallas or hey, that you know, mm-hmm. FC Dallas, it was Houston, whatever. Um, that yeah, that could go any which way. And then we do have Vancouver. Should also be a win. Uh-huh. Is that at home? Is that home though? Yep, it looks like it's home. Yeah, hundred percent should be a win. We go away and we go play San Jose on the eighteenth of June. Winnable game. Win- yeah, very winnable. San game, Jose but also- is. They are in form since they fired their coach, though, but still a winnable game. Yep. Uh, and then we go to Columbus. Also so, winnable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Col- Columbus is bad. They're bad. Uh, and then we got Minnesota at Real Salt Lake July 3rd. And then we've got uh, Arsenal away at Colorado. Ooh. And if we want to look a, a little more ahead, we've got Atlanta United at RSL and then RSL at Sporting KC. So, um, so basically the next two months are all very winnable matches. Yeah. Exactly. So it's that's kind of what, you know, looking back, like I said, looking back at those matches and then what's on the schedule ahead, it looks pretty promising for Real Salt Lake. And I will give credit, you know, it's, is it frustrating to, to, to kind of have that perspective or that, um, I'm trying to think the, the word for it. 
the perception. The yeah, perception. Yeah. It's frustrating to have the perception of, hey, our attackers aren't doing anything. We're relying on defenders. We're relying on getting lucky. Um, not not so you know relying on red cards, but um, you know you got to give credit where credit is due. The squad, the team, they've they've been doing it. I mean, right now sitting with our record, uh, let's just look. I know there was there's a handful of uh, Wednesday matches that just took the standings and maybe may have manipulated them a, a little bit. Yeah, it's about yeah, 12 games played, so we're all pretty even. Let's just break down the top five. So you've got Austin FC uh, with 23 points. They've got seven wins, three losses, two draws. So to be, you know, one loss or to contribute one loss to the three, especially from Real Salt Lake and, and you know, our situation now, it's actually pretty damn good. Right. I mean, we're we're four within four points of first place. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So now your outlook's feeling a little different, isn't it? A little bit. A yep. little bit, yeah. So second is LAFC, and, and LAFC and Austin FC, by the way, same records. Um, they're just tied, I think, right now. It's just goal differential is putting Austin ahead by three goals. Uh, we got Dallas FC sitting in third. LA Galaxy sitting in fourth. Hey, I Dude, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I just kind of root for LA Galaxy. You just after, love you love Chicha, man. It's fine. No, it's not even that. Like after LAFC kind of coming into the club and then just kind of seeing like how much love is given to LAFC after Los Angeles had a team for I mean literally since the beginning. Right, and all the cups they've had and the legends <laughs> and the Yeah. It's yeah. like it's imagine you know, if you're frustrated as a Real Salt Lake fan, imagine being an LA Galaxy fan and then a, a bigger club. So it'd be like RSL, right? It'd be like us. And we are kind of this way. You know, we look back at the 2015 team and, you know, all these legends that were, you know, on the roster at that time and, you know, fresh off of championships and we come forward and we're not doing as well. But imagine if another club in Salt Lake City came down and just like set up and then just got all of the hype. Yeah. SLC FC comes into town and plays downtown <laughs> and suddenly they're the cool ones. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah exactly. You know, all the like, all the celebrities buy them, and <laughs> they're wearing black and gold. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's like you know going out there, and yeah, and uh, there's dude, just little old Real Salt Lake and Sandy like run down stadium. It would, <laughs> It'd yeah. be rough, man. It would suck. It would it would be us. Yeah, exactly. So that's you know that's kind of why I look at LA Galaxy right now, and I'm like uh, I feel bad for those guys. Let's see. Uh, Nashville SC, I mean, even though they're a great team sitting right below uh, Salt Lake. And then in dead last place, it's not quite last place, but we have to point this out. Um, 14 teams in the West. Kansas City sitting at 13 uh, with uh, only 12 points. And you love to see it, man. 13 matches played, three wins, seven losses. Three ties. I'm really bummed one of those wins is against RSL. Well, they just turn on the gears, right? When it's RSL, they just turn on the gears. It was early in the season, kind of pre their injury disaster. Johnny Russell gets a lucky late goal. I I remember talking about this game. That was absolutely a game we should have won. That was a very frustrating match that we should have won. I, I was pretty vocal on Twitter and maybe unfair to Brody. But, like, let's give him credit, though. It's not like his first goal was a little tap in. That was a banger. No, dude. that was a great. Yeah, was a <laughs> that great was a banger. Shot. It was a great yeah. shot. Listen, I'm not frust- I'm not frustrated with Andrew Brody. I'm just You're frustrated that the defenders are scoring more than the yeah. forwards. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Andrew Brody 
great shot, dude. You're a stand-up guy. Uh, I think I think Andrew Brody really is like an embodiment of uh, like what you want this club to be, right? Yeah, did like, you did you listen to his post match? Yeah, I did. I did. Incredible. That's totally like, did. He he has the same feelings that all the fans have, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's exactly. It's a guy you want to root for. Exactly. So when I say, you know, I said I said on Twitter, I said, oh, like you enjoy watching Andrew Brody highlights. Because I was being salty. Because I want I want our atta- our, our attackers to be in the game, um, but nothing on Andrew Brody. Too often there are goals that are scored, and you know that players just had no intention on on going into goal. Like they cross it in and they get lucky, it goes in. Mm-hmm. Andrew Brody, balls rolling out to him. He knows where it's going to be placed. He does. He, he he literally like finesses that shot. Yeah, and then that's the keyword right there: placement, right? Like, yeah. How many other players just try to hit that ball as hard as they can? <laughs> yeah, you know what dude, I mean? No, Brody just that would have been a sky. Anybody yeah. else that would have been a sky. And you know, attackers take take take, take notice. Take <laughs> notes, yo. Like literally, you don't have to put. You know, I'm trying to think like who on the roster who is an attacker. Could have had that shot and would have just skied it into section five. Oh, or whatever it is. honestly, I, I could honestly say every single one of them would. Yeah, and yeah. leading that group would be Pablo Ruiz. <laughs> like, <laughs> Love Pablo Ruiz, such a nice but, guy. man. But yeah, he can't keep he that would, shit on frame. <laughs> dude, he would. Yeah, he would sky it for sure. Um, hey, man, we had a big, big uh, person come back on for real. Solic, Julio Anderson. Yeah. Anderson Julio. Uh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Anderson did, I guess Anderson in South America is a really popular, uh, first name. Really? Uh, Yeah. I don't know why, but, uh, Sam Farnsworth over at KSL always tells me that like anytime Anderson Julio's name is mentioned, but, uh, what, what did, what did you think, man? First match back coming back was the, was the hype a little overhyped or, or what were your uh, thoughts on watching him play again? No, I was super pumped to see some attacking prowess able to come off the bench, right? Like, no knock on Tate Schmidt, but I'd rather have Anderson coming on to try to get a game winner than than Tate. Uh, I was pretty sad that he seems to have pulled his hamstring already. Um, That just happens when you're a fast guy. But uh, maybe maybe we rushed his minutes because, you know, he hasn't really been playing. So it, it is a bummer to see all this hype all this, you know, fanfare and then for him to have to come off injured was kind of just like a par for the course, it seems, this year. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the way it's going to go. It wasn't a fairy tale, you know, Anderson makes his return home and scores the game winner type day. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have him back. I'm glad to see some death back on the bench, you know, along with him and Savarino. I think definitely going to be better additions and, and help with the attack, but still work to do. You just mentioned Savarino. Have you heard anything on when his arrival is anticipated or, uh, you know, when he might even be practicing with the team? I mean, hell, it, it could have happened already. Yeah, no, I, I remember initially hearing, you know, potentially for Montreal. <clears throat> that feels like a long shot to me. I feel like we would have already seen, you know, pictures of him training if he was going to play this weekend. Uh, but hopeful for Houston, honestly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have to go out to a practice. I'll try to make a practice uh, next week and do some like little reconnaissance work or something. Yeah, is he here? Is he here? Oh, yeah, he? is he here? 
one thing I wanted to talk about too is we teased uh, Sebastian Sacedo being you, in Salt Lake. You teased him. I teased it. You didn't even tell uh, me about it. <laughs> so Sebastian Sacedo was in town after the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Um, he was let go by Pumas. Uh, there's more to a backstory there, but I'll let Sebastian tell it if he ever comes on the show. Uh, but he was in town and he wanted to do a goodbye video, so he uh, reached out, recruited me for uh, a goodbye video to throw out to the fans. Uh, so we spent some time with him. A really cool dude, man. Um, he's got some pretty amazing like RSL stories. Uh, you know, he's that he just openly like talks about, uh, but a lot of it was just like you know mentorship. Um, you know being with Kyle Beckerman and, and kind of getting like good life advice basically uh, from mm-hmm. those veteran players when he had started. So it was really cool to, you know, spend some time with him, run around town. Uh, we got his video made. He shared it. Uh, uh, I think combined platforms of, uh, when I checked on Twitter, Facebook and IG, uh, I think that video is, I think it's got like between 80 to 90,000 views all between three platforms. So it was cool to, to do that for him. And, uh, and then, you know, he was here and he was talking about his, uh, Toluca contract, but I figured, Hey, he's here. Like, let's just, you know, let's, let's tease ourselves a little bit, the fan base. And it was funny to see like a lot of your guys' reactions. Um, some were for it and some were like super against it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a shift that I'm seeing in RSL fans where not everything is just so, green pastures and like, you know, daisies. Uh, I like seeing that fans are very opinionated and they'll let us know right on, on and Twitter it, and Instagram. And they, and you know, they're going to let you know that they want something. And I like that because before like any player coming back, people might, Oh my God. Yes. He's coming back. And now it's like, do we really want to go down that road? You know what I mean? So I enjoy that honestly. And, and yeah, like, would Bovo coming back be cool? Like, sure, hometown boy, whatever. But, like, we have 17 wingers on the squad. Like, it makes no sense. So that's why – I mean, that's the only reason I'd be against it because why? <laughs> oh, side note, he doesn't like the nickname Bofo. Yeah, he wants to go by Sebastian, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe you know that as public knowledge, but – Yeah, it's out uh, there. Yeah, he, he doesn't like it. <laughs> he doesn't like it. <laughs> hey, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah he's, got, he, he's got a story behind it, but – uh, like I said, I'll let him. I'll let him tell the story when he's ready. Uh, okay. All right. Speaking of uh, the Mexican league, there's been a lot of chatter about David Ochoa possibly making a move to, you know, a Mexican club. Obviously, committing to the uh, selection they call it, Mi Selección uh, Mexico. It's the national team in Mexico. There's a lot of speculation from all sides. Saying, okay, like, is he ready to kind of, like, make his departure over to Mexico? But as of the last 24 hours, uh, we've seen uh, multiple, like, media outlets, sources, if you will, um, basically saying that he's got ties or that, uh, you know, West Ham United or Fulham is is entertaining the thought of, of David Ochoa going to Europe. Um, I think for all soccer players, like, I think that's, like, either the that's the preferred destination or like the final destination. So if those rumors hold true or carry any weight, Josh, can you see David bouncing? Oh, dude, I think David bouncing 
I think the writing has been on the wall for a while now, right? Like, do you really think his thigh injury after the first preseason or the Portland preseason game was that serious or like the amount of times he hasn't been at practice or missed games for quote unquote personal reasons, right? Like, I don't think this is going to be me sounding real speculative right now. And this is purely me. It's purely my opinion and my take on it, right? Like this isn't anything I've heard from anybody, but I think Ochoa's had one foot out the door since last season ended. I think he's been ready to go. He's obviously turned down a rather large contract from what I've heard to stay with RSL, right? So it's not like the front office isn't doing their due diligence. I just think Ochoa, ooh, this is going to sound bad. I think Ochoa thinks he's better than he is at this point in his career. Um, And my rebuttal to that would be you can't unseat Zach McMath right now. And no offense to Zach McMath, but like it's not like you're behind like a Tim Howard or a, you know, a huge name. Nick Romano. Right. Goalkeeper. Yeah, that's the one we should have gone with. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I think I think he wants to go, right? I think he's been planning on leaving, and I think that's just kind of materializing. And if we don't get money for him, like, that sucks. But I don't think it's our fault in this case, right? Like, if he doesn't want to resign, we can't force him to resign. And therefore, we can't sell him. So, I don't know. It, it sucks. But, you know, we have better goalkeepers from what I've heard in Gavin Beavers, Jeff Stusnip, um Apparently those guys are studs and there's even more studs behind him. So like I, he was a villain for a year, right? Had some fun moments, but carry on, man. Have fun. I, (laughs) I hope he does well. Like I hope he goes to West Ham and plays, but like if you're not playing, like if you're not, if you're not starting for Real Salt Lake right now, like what makes you think you would start for West Ham? Yeah. But you know, I think it, I think it really is a personal decision. No, right? exactly. We've That's seen, what I mean. Like, it's, it's yeah. totally fine. Like, yeah. go do it. Please have and do you be your best you. Like this. This to me feels a little different than like the Rusnak, right? Like, yeah. he hasn't been publicly stating like, "Oh, I love being the captain. I love being here." Blah blah blah, and then dipping, right? But a lot of that was because of RSL, anyway. But yeah, I just fine. Go do what you want to do, Ochoa. So you know, I I, I really like David Ochoa, and I see the potential in him. Um, I think he'll be successful anywhere that he goes. And uh, after, you know, think I was thinking about this on the drive today when I was getting uh, my coffee. It's like if you if you really are a, a club that promotes development from within and, you know, giving these 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 young kids opportunities, then definitely stay out of the way when they have a, a really big monumental shift or a change in career to go do it on the world's biggest stage. Right. The the question just becomes how can we do it like, you know, FC Dallas does it where we sell these guys for big money before it gets to the point where they can just walk away, right? Like where's that line and how did we miss it this time again? Did we give him the opportunity too late? You know, like so there's things, but again, like I I hope he does whatever the hell he wants to do because I'm all about that and I hope he has success. I just hope his head – This I don't want this to sound rude, but I feel like Ochoa might have an ego a little bit, and I don't want him to, like, flounder by going somewhere else with an overinflated perspective of what he thinks he's going to accomplish and be let down that way, right? Well, do you think that Ochoa is not, like, a, a European caliber goalkeeper, or do you think that um, – you know, I, I mean, can you see him starting for any teams over there? 
Or is he going to have a tough time competing for that spot if he were to be pulled over? I I think he'll have a hard time competing for a spot, dude. I don't think he's a shoe-in starter anywhere, especially in the EPL. Maybe in the championship, but I... Man, outside of his antics, like, he did make some big saves, but, like, did anything really stick out to you, right? Like, outside of him shushing crowds, kicking balls at people, whatever... Did anything really stick out to you being like, oh, man, this guy is a keeper-keeper, right? Like, he has some good saves, sure, but, like, so is Zach McMath, right? So did Jeff Antonello when he was here. So did Matt Van Okel, for God's sake. Like, guys have saves, and, you know, he's still young in his career, and and he hasn't completely proven himself. So I just worry that he's going to go take the next step thinking he's going to be the guy and have – him not being the guy completely shatter his confidence, etc. So this kind of reminds me of Matt Turner, but he accomplished some stuff in the league uh, prior to going, you know, or, or kind of like making that step over into the EPL. But so if you had a if you had to compare the two, Matt Turner versus David Ochoa, who's the better goalkeeper, and do you see Arsenal starting Matt Turner? Well, so Matt Turner, you got to remember, also had success with the national team, right? You know, helped us with qualifying, helped us win some cups, helped us beat Mexico. Ochoa hasn't started a game for the national team yet. Ochoa was on the U.S. squad that got eliminated from the Olympics during qualifying. A little different there, right? Turner's also older. He's had those opportunities. Do I see him starting for Arsenal? Uh, Maybe. Right. But I also hate Arsenal and, you know, I could see them starting anyone really because they're trash. Uh, But, yeah, I think it's a totally different ball game, honestly. Like to me, Matt Turner is established goalkeeper, whereas Ochoa is still young, up and coming and quickly exiting the young phase of his career. Right. So, yeah, I mean, he's probably got two years left to be considered a young goalkeeper before it's like you're just a goalkeeper now. Sure. So I think that if any of those rumors are true, uh, there's two routes to go. You can take that huge risk, and the payoff and the reward could be huge. Or you could do uh, what the dude on the Sounders did. Oh, my God, what's his name? Um, he's like the golden boy for Seattle Sounders. What's his name? Which forward? One? The forward. Young guy. He chose to stay. He opted out oh, of Oh, Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris, thank you. Blinking out this morning. Or he could be like Jordan Morris. You know this is your home. You know this is where you want to be. And have some success here. But uh, I don't know, man. I uh, For David, it's a young, hungry kid. Dude, if you get a bigger opportunity than Real Salt Lake, I would go. Uh, dude, right. it, wouldn't even, it wouldn't even have to be for me. It wouldn't even have to be a club outside of MLS. I would I would be happy seeing David Ochoa go to a bigger club in MLS for the opportunities and the chances that he would have with a team that has like the market share and could really propel his career. Sure. Yeah, either way like don't expect Ochoa around next year. Maybe not even after July. <laughs> Honestly, like I <laughs> I don't have a high outlook to see him staying with RSL long term. Yeah. Even short term, honestly. This will have to be the David Ochoa show because we've gone about 30 minutes on that. Let's go to Twitter questions. We'll wrap this one up. All right. So, questions on Twitter. 
Uh, Garlic, we'll just mention you, man. Um, you asked what's going on with David Ochoa, more details or opinions. Uh, we just covered that. And then also we've got what's your dream summer transfer window look like, in and out. And lastly, how about the Academy? Tons of upcoming talent. Uh, I know Josh touched a little bit on upcoming talent from the Academy. It's a great program. It's a stacked program. And, you know, I think all across the country, uh, young kids are getting into soccer at a younger age. And if you've got kids who are loving soccer at a younger age and just kicking a ball at a park... Um, and then they go to an academy where it's like structured. I mean, all these things didn't exist when uh, we first became Real Salt Lake fans. And so I think that the payoff for that over the next few years is going to be huge. I mean, we're already kind of seeing it with the first team um, and some players that are showing promise. But I'm, yeah, I, I'm really stoked on the academy. I think it's, they're only going to get better, right? The ones that start coming up and, and sticking around, they're only going to be better. Yeah. So. What, what, what about your, your dream summer transfer? Well, obviously, we want Cuellar to come because I think that fills a big hole. And then, dude, any kind of... I don't even have a name because that's that's a hard one to throw out there and just have one off the top of your head, right? Like, I would yeah. need a minute. But any kind of attacking, creative, you know, anything creative, like a Vela-type guy yeah, would just be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Or like a Zellerion, like something like that, dude. Just inject it straight in my veins, please. All right, Hangry Hangry Hippo asks, does RSL need to go after a new nine or find a playmaking ten? Ten. Uh, a ten? Yeah. Followed by a nine. Like, we need both, honestly. I think yeah. upgrades all over the field would be expected. Yeah. Also, he asks, uh, was that Bobby's worst game at RSL? I'll take this one. Uh, yeah, dude. I got really frustrated because I was like shooting from the, uh, you know, RSL's attacking side coming in. And there were, I, th- I want to say there were three direct plays with Bobby Wood where there was a, there's accountability like on his shoulders for the touches that he took um, that were just so frustrating where I had the, like I had the green light to stay for the whole game, but I was, I don't know what it was. I was, fr- dude, I just left at the half. Like You're a grumpy guy. Yeah. Um, also, should Rubin start? I, I mean, if he's fit, if he's fit, it might be a good chance to give him the opportunity. I don't see what, like, it doesn't hurt, you know, rotate yeah. the squad a little bit, see if it works. Eric Walker asks, uh, what needs to change to get Wood and Cordova more chances in dangerous areas? Playmaker. Like, simply put, or Demir back in the field to pull some center backs off them and you get on the end of some Herrera crosses. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Lane, uh, give us the Ochoa rundown. You got it, dude. Uh, go back, rewind, listen to the 20 minute spiel on Ochoa. Uh, Tricky Tanner asks, how would you rate the defense during the last couple games? Solid dude. I'd give them like an 8.5 out of 10. They've been good. Yeah. Mostly. And a lot of the defense rating, like, let's say if you just gave them a 6, like, you have to add that 2.5 to make it the 8.5 because that's where a lot of the goals have been coming from. Right. So you got to give them the attacking <laughs> bonus. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's so weird, man. No, I, they, it's, they did give me a little bit of stress at the end of uh, the Austin game. They, yeah. they gave Austin some beautiful yeah. opportunities. but McMath like, uh, saved us. McMath saved them, but 
Yeah. We definitely uh, did our best to give him those opportunities, which, again, fell on Tate. Yeah, I, I just know yeah. the sentiment would be so much different had that match ended in a tie-tie, like, close oh. to stoppage. Especially being a man up, like... and But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's where my frustration comes, because we barely skirted uh, a win, three points, and it's just frustrating to see the club, the social media, everyone just celebrating it like it was this monumental amazing win like i uh, get positivity but damn like let's be it realistic absolutely took a red card for us to win that game yeah it's just uh yeah it's not um yeah it's just not acceptable uh that's my take all right it's uh so jake simpson that's a new name uh thanks for listening to the show is Saverino in the states yet hopefully Saverino is the answer to some of these offensive struggle questions can't do it by himself, but hopefully he can really spark players like Wood and Cordova to their higher potential. I have a take on that, but uh, let's hear from you, Josh. Uh, we already went over this, hopefully by Houston. That's all I got. I don't know if he's here or when he's going to be here. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that he'll create that creative spark? Oh, I, to... I, thought you were, I thought you were taking that part. Sorry. No, My no, no. Yeah. No, I want, to hear you, I want to hear you out on that. So, no, I uh, think... You think he'll be able to support Wood and Cordova, kind of bring think, them up? I think he'll lift them up somewhat. I think, if anything, we'll see more opportunities come directly out of Saverino, especially, hopefully, on a dead ball situation, you know, him taking the free kicks. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's a quality player coming in. It should absolutely raise the quality of the attack. I don't know by how much. I don't think he's the answer, per no. se, but no. it's going to help. It's got to help. Yeah, that's another thing, too. Um, I don't know when we flipped, like, roll reversed here, Josh. Like, you're you're very positive lately, and I'm pretty salty. What I think is contributing to that is I've been around long enough to know that you can't listen to the hype. Because the hype happens, everyone's really happy, until the product on the field matches the hype, then that's when you really kind of want to give your opinion. Um, Until then, it's just hype. Like you said, Severino could be the answer. Severino could come back and be a total flop. We don't know. So I'm I'm just, at this point, I don't even want to give the uh, satisfaction of like, hey, this is a great move. No, let's see him play a few matches. Let's see what happens. Yeah, should we do do a 10-game rule on all new signings now too? I don't know. I don't, I mean, 10-game, 10 games... You know what's crazy about ten games is it seems like it's forever away, but it does happen it's, fairly it's quickly. Real quick, yeah. But I think that if you're a player who is healthy, arguably in form, and the team is marketing you like, hey, he's won all these championships and he's matured and he's you know God's gift to earth, then I think you cut that number down to five or six. Start making an impact right away. I'm tired of waiting. That's mm, it. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so Sheth says, do you see RSL's lack of attacking threat due to our midfield not connecting with our forwards to create chances? Or is it our forwards failing to put themselves in positions to be dangerous? Um, I'll answer first. Go ahead. No, you go. No, no, no. Uh, More option one. More option one. Okay, see, I see see option two. See, but... No, no. So option two, they've been in positions. Yes. They just aren't finishing. Exactly. We've gotten into plenty of positions. Exactly. Plenty of dangerous positions. Balls over the top, 
one-on-one situations and just then just floundering. fluffing it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's a mixture of both men. Um, yeah, we've mentioned that the midfield, yeah, not connecting with forwards to create chances. I think that's a given. It's actually a really good question, really good take, Chef. All right, a swarm of killer bees, a.k.a. at Stingyoass. Where are these, dude, where are these new listeners coming from? I don't know. Yeah, I guess we need even more consistent. Huh? <laughs> yeah. A swarm of killer bees asks, does Demir make it back onto the field this year or is back problem worse than advertised? I think he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that guy is a machine. From what I've heard, he is a machine, man. Like, he does not slip up. He sticks to his diet. He sticks to his regiments. Um, he is like the Terminator. Like, he's like a T2. Is it a T2 model? Yeah, T2. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Is that the cooler one? I, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, he's literally a dude who is so dedicated to his craft and dedicated to uh, what he does on the field. I got a chance to speak to him at practice, and he was asked directly like if, if he was feeling better, and it looks like he was. So I would say you can count on Demir to be back quickly. Yeah, and I think I think currently they're more just like being cautious, right? Like... Let's not rush him back and really make it an issue. Let's just ease him on back into it and have him for the better half of the year. All right, cool. So that wraps up the RSL show. Let's uh, cover some news and rumors around the league. Uh, Messi going to Inter Miami. Does that carry any weight? What are your thoughts there, Josh? Is Uh, it fact or crap, dude? I think it's mm, (laughs) 50-50. I think it'll happen eventually. I think this first one's a little... It feels premature, right? Like it feels like people are just trying to like poke the hornet's nest and see what happens. Yeah. But I definitely think Messi will be a Miami player because I think Beckham will make it happen. Miss David Beckham. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and if it, if it happened, I'm buying an Inter Miami jersey. Words yeah. I never thought I'd say, but going to have a Messi shirt. And I'm yeah. going to go. I'm going to. If the if RSL is not playing him at home or away, like I will find an Inter Miami game to go to that's close. Wow, that's pretty cool, dude. You got to go see Messi, dude. You have to. Got to. David Beckham came to the league when it was nothing and changed MLS, I believe, into what it is today. 100%. Right? 100%. He was the one to make a move, arguably kind of in his prime, like towards the end. Like not so much that it was a retirement tour. He really came here, made some differences, won, uh, made a difference, won some championships, and then got a lot of people uh, into Major League Soccer. And so I think that if David Beckham were to have a conversation with Messi, it would almost be to, okay, come over here. We'll give you some stake in the company, in the club. And it's not so much about the soccer, but it's propelling this league to a whole brand new level, a whole different level. If we think MLS is cool now, wait until Messi comes in. Yeah. Not only that, but like now you have Messi locked in. Messi has something locked in for after his career, right? Like not that he needs it, but it's kind of the start of you know what? I'll take it. It's a retirement move. Don't care. It's Messi, right? Do it. You know we've seen Neymar pictured at a hotel in Miami, and then all the rumors go you know crazy. But this is the first one that I've seen where it's kind of directly correlated with. Uh, Beckham and they're in a photo together and they're you know talking so right so anyhow uh, the RSL show is the best uh, Real Salt Lake podcast out there uh, we want to thank our sponsors One Wire Fiber at One Wire VoIP 
Uh, Voice over IP for your business. They are huge Real Salt Lake fans. Um, if you have a small business or if you have an enterprise, uh, if you guys have employees, look at it. They're CRM-based. Uh, they can help you manage a database of customers, clients, uh, click-to-call options. I mean, they just make it so easy. Also, we want to thank KSL Sports for hosting us on their network. Uh, we have a pretty long contract with them, don't we? Uh, yeah, I don't think it has an end date. When did we? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the end date is when Nate decides he doesn't want to hear from us anymore. <laughs> yeah, or if we decide to go the Jake route and just quit. Uh, so guys, treat us nicely because we could just quit at any moment's notice. Uh, also, dude, I talked to Jake uh, yesterday. We were talking, and I said, "Hey, do you want to come back to the RSL show?" And he said, "No, life is great. I'm happy." Not worrying about soccer. So I'm happy for him. Anyway, uh, keep it here for all your Real Salt Lake content. Uh, we're going to be doing more shows, obviously, on the pickup soccer front. We're going to go ahead and do another one on June 18th. Uh, we will put out the details uh, for when and where. Uh, we would do it sooner, but Josh has COVID. Sorry. And uh, that's pretty much it. So be ready. Be prepared. Uh, if you guys like the show, please share our stuff. Uh, send it to your friends, your neighbors, your family, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, all that good stuff. And again, thanks for listening to the RSL show. Remember to spay and neuter your cats, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. I keep a juicy juice. I eat that lunch. She keep that booty booty. She keep that plump. Yeah. That natural beauty beauty. Yeah, yeah. If you could see it from the front, we'll tell you see it from the Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health. Caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.